Here, here. Maybe I should have another drink. Talk Recorded live. Scuba Obsessed is a weekly podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba in the news. Scuba Obsessed, episode 167, recorded live July 25th, 2013. Welcome back to Scoob Test. I'm Darren Gilson from the Lake Michigan side of Michigan. Joining me this week, we have Mac, the dive mentor. How are you doing today, Mac? I'm doing very well today. It's been a nice day outside. Oh, it has been beautiful. And not to be left out, we also have Jim Schultz joining us. How are you doing today, Jim? Just wonderful. Thank you. Awesome. That is great. And uh, something that we get to talk about a little bit later in the show, it sounds like both of you have been putting in some time on the water. Better a than sitting in a cube at work. Oh, rub it in. <laughs> it's not so much a cube. It's more rectangular with protrusions. If I have any more monitors added into my office, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what you call that. I've got more glass than a skyscraper. So, without any further delay, we're going to jump right on into the news so we can get to the good stuff because we have plenty of diving to talk about. And in the news again, picking off just from last week, we have the Costa Concordia shipwreck. They have five staff has been jailed. The Italian court has accepted plea bargains for five cruise ship company staff involved in the Costa Concordia shipwreck. And that was a wreck that killed 32 crew and passengers convicted, convicting all of the multiple manslaughter and negligence. The courts on Saturday handed down the highest sentence in the crisis coordinator for Costa Concordia, Robert Ferenimi, <laughs> just imagine I pronounce that with an Italian accent, who was sentenced to two years and ten months. The ship's hotel director was sentenced to two years and six months, while two bridge officers and a helmsman got sentences ranging from one year and eight months to one year and eleven months. The plea bargains were handled separately from the trial of the captain, who was charged with manslaughter for causing the January 2012 shipwreck. So is not knowing in the past... What kind of verdicts have been handed down on these sort of cases? Is that normal? Reasonable? For crew members, it does not seem appropriate to me. But I, I'd I like to know the reason because I mean I'm not sure what a what is the other hotel director. What what did he have to do with it? No, because you have the first event is running into the the shore, causing the the vessel to sink. And then at that point, it would be, were people negligent in doing what they were supposed to be doing? And were, did they, leading up to it, not follow preparations that would allow for a safe exit? So I have to assume, without any additional information, that these people plea bargained because they somehow were derelict in their duty or were going to be railroaded and figured that two years is better than 20. And it's possible they'll get suspended sentences or no time served, but we'll have to wait and see on that, too. Yeah. Well, there's also been some discussion that maybe they could be turning evidence against uh, the captain. So they needed to get this out of the way so that they could be free to testify. Oh, or willing. One of the other little comments that somebody had made on that was talking about, well, somebody who should have been was the helmsman because it was it was a captain's call, but it was an incorrect order. Therefore, he should have refused to heed the captain's direction. Therefore, he's at fault as much as the captain because he didn't use standard of caution and refused to do an unlawful order, put, putting the ship in jeopardy. Uh, makes That's sense fine. to me. Well, yes and no. It's like when you're a sergeant and the general tells you to do something. Uh, it's one of those items about, well, is that an un- unlawful or is it unlawful but I'm going to get my ass in the ring or anyway whether I do or don't. Yeah, a tough, tough situation to be in. Yes, it is. Besides, he probably didn't want to work after that anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't well, know. I, I, I don't really have a feel for that. Jim, who has a little more nautical flavor, might, like I said, have had some comments. Yeah, there's the story of the 
the helmsman who got into a disagreement with the captain, and the captain's last order was steer to the lighthouse. Yeah. And the helmsman put the ship on the rocks directly in front of the lighthouse. Uh, the captain lost his license, the helmsman lost his job. He did exactly what the captain told him. <clears throat> but, you know, sometimes you're wrong no matter what. Yeah. Well, it's always easy after the after the fact to second-guess those sort of things. Well, did you see the follow-up on that, that the captain uh, has made a unsuccessful attempt on Wednesday to reach a plea deal in the uh, plea deal on a trial over the disaster? No, I didn't. I didn't pick up that one. So he's... Uh... That's good. That, that makes sense. I mean, because he, he needs to free up his time for that movie deal that he's he's going to be doing. Well, he faces charges including manslaughter, causing the loss of the ship in an accident. Let's see here. Uh, on the first day of the trial, defense lawyer said the captain would plead guilty in exchange for a sentence of three years and five months. The prosecutors rejected the offer. It was his second attempt at a plea deal. A previous offer to serve three years and four months was rejected in May. So they added a month. <laughs> yeah, they must uh, also think that they have enough evidence now that they don't need to really be plea dealing with them. Right. Well, they were saying the uh, trial resumed on Wednesday because of the lawyer strike is now over. And he keeps saying he never shied away from his responsibilities. Yeah, and he got the tossed out of his boat and in out of the ship and into his lifeboat in the water. Well, yeah. he was saying he prevented an even worse disaster by steering the 950-foot vessel into shallow waters after the impact and that he was thrown overboard due to the angle of the leaning ship. He did not leave the ship voluntarily. Oh. Well, I, I, I believe half the story. Yeah. yeah. Well, wasn't there also something where he claimed he had a better vantage point from off the ship to deal with the evacuation? Well, I'm sure that's after they plucked him out of the water. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of things getting plucked out of the water, we have uh, Jeff Bezos of Amazon is saying that he's verified, or his team actually has verified, that uh, the flight from that rocket engine. So if you remember, uh, he was looking in the Atlantic for two F-1 rockets. He's now verified the engines were from Apollo 11, and that was the first mission that took U.S. astronauts to the moon. And that was exactly what he was looking for, so... How about that? Well, I like to look at the picture. Considering it's been down there, it doesn't look to be in that bad of conditions. No. Well, and then there, they say the reason they were able to find it is the uh, crew who's working on the conservation is being very detailed. Uh, let's see if they say somewhere. They said one of the conservatives discovered the number 2044 had been stenciled in black paint on the side of one of the massive thrust chambers. He found it while using a black light and special lens filter. Well, it's been down there, what, 43 years? Yeah. I, I'm just, devil's advocate again is, how much money has it cost to get that um, sort of piece of junk, uh, historical though it may be, to get it back on the surface, and then how much for, for preserving it, and where are they going to put it? You know, what are they going to do with it after it's been re-fixed up? Yeah, I, I don't think really anybody is concerned with that. I'm just curious what kind of money they're paying for that. Well, I... I don't think the government, I could be wrong, I'd be a little upset if I find out otherwise, but I don't think the government's paid for it. I think it was just Jeff out of his own pocket. I'd still like to know how much that's going to be. <laughs> Is he a billionaire? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a billionaire. Well, yeah. then I reckon you can have your odd habits. Yeah. If yeah. he's listening, uh, we would like, if he'd like to donate some money towards the side scan for uh, the uh, mud covers down here, we would give him top billing credit for anything we find with it. Yeah, certainly, certainly. We can we can do something like that. Yeah, yeah. billionaires, uh, the thing is, I don't think we're exciting enough. I mean, I think we need to have, well, we could make it exciting. That'd be part of the promise. They, you get some money, just just double what we need, and the the other half will go to making it exciting. Yeah, we could be like these reality things. We could, we could yeah. give me up something and have Yeah, you know, they got Jersey Shore, we got Lake Michigan Shore. We could go, you know... Maybe we could do something with the the, uh, the Michigan Triangle angle, you know. Oh yeah. Get a little mystique in there. Maybe maybe find a part of a submerged, unidentified object or something. Well, yeah, certainly. You know, some, I'm all for it. Some gray aliens wouldn't hurt. 
absolutely. I mean, even today we were we were saying that we would take anything, a drone. I mean, we, <laughs> anything unusual, we'd go there and, and bounce it. Yeah, yeah, we could do it. They'd even take pictures and everything. Oh, I think we I think we lost. We lose Jeff, uh, Jim. Yeah, he'll be popping back here in a minute. If not, we'll reconnect. Yeah, but fourteen thousand feet—that's a long way down to play with. That is. That is a long way down. Oh, and one we didn't have on the. I don't know why I didn't put it in my news. Maybe it's because I didn't want to have to disclose. But the Odyssey had finished up their their silver recovery. Let's go find that while Jim. Oh, wait for Jim to get back. So was that Odyssey silver recovery? So in in the full disclosure, I do own stock in this company. Sorry, guys. Welcome to TalkShoe. Enter your PIN, followed. You are now joining the call. Recorded live. You are unmuted. Yeah, Roger in the chat room says that the article is saying that he is a billionaire. I know I spend a ton of money with him, so... Uh, Both at work and at home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he, he's he got Walmart scared, so he's got that kind of influence going on there. Hey, if you got the money, flaunt it. It's yeah. yours. Use it however you want. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at Cameron. You know, he went down and did that. And it's, it's almost like all these guys have, and it seems to be water-related, too. Well, Cameron's a little different. I mean, that's his sort of life. That's his life, you know, directing and. Yeah, he, uh, he directs movies. Out of his yeah, they've had actors who complained because he, he wants them to go diving before he'll put them in movies. Uh, okay, well, what we were talking about, Jim, while you were gone, is uh, Odyssey, Marine Exploration, has just finished recovery Yes. on the Garsopa. Yes, So all they, that silver. Yep, 61 tons of silver this month from a shipwreck that was three miles beneath the ocean. And I loved one of the stories the, uh, the program manager had said. Uh, he said, imagine being at a plane at 20,000 square feet with a rope underneath <laughs> trying to grab bars from somebody's bathroom. Mm. So even though you're not flying, the, the shipwreck wasn't, uh, the the recovery vessel wasn't flying hundreds of miles an hour. At, at, uh, yeah. Distance-wise, it makes sense. Yeah. So they recovered 2,792 silver bars. That was more than 99% of the insured silver recovered to be aboard the ship when it sank. Uh, they said typically a salvage uh, is considered successful if they hit 80%. Uh, they and also they, said that I'm sorry. They ahead. also said that 80% is what they were getting for the recovery. So yeah, I, I saw an article earlier in the week that they got 80% plus expenses. Well, how it worked is after expenses they get 80%. Okay. So I don't know, you know, if that's just semantics, but I think what it was is that so say the recovery, say the value was 60 million and it cost 6 million to get that 60 million out, then they got 80% of the amount after expenses was out. Mm -hmm. So they so what that meant is that if it cost them 80% of the value to of the the treasure to get it up, it didn't mean they walked away with nothing. They still shared in the profit. Yeah. Uh, but the, the reason for that, and a lot of, I, I've been, you know, we've, we've got some listeners over in the UK, which we love, but uh, there was a few who were uh, upset because they, they said that this was a war grave and that the British government had allowed the Americans to come over there and steal the silver. So what had happened is Odyssey uh, had learned after their problem with Spain taking gold back that they don't do anything without a, an agreement. And there's no guarantee. I mean, they didn't know until last year that that was definitely that vessel. They just knew they had a vessel in the bottom. So they're negotiating at something they may not have. Plus, they're putting up all the money to do that. That's why they got 80%. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 20% of something, which is what the British Treasury was going to get, is better than 100% of nothing. So, like I said, I do own stock, but not enough to retire on. Uh, maybe enough to, but at the end, after this, I think maybe I, I've got, I've earned enough for a hamburger. Okay, let's see. We're, we had another article. I'll pull up that window. This one is, uh, could, could you imagine being underwater when this happens? Uh, U.S. jets dropped four unarmed bombs on the Great Barrier Reef. Two Marine Corps jets were forced to make an emergency jettison off 
Australia coast last week, dropping four unarmed bombs into the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park. Uh, the two AV-8B Harriers were conducting a training mission on Tuesday that would have had them drop the bombs on a range in Townsla- Townshend Island. When it came time to drop the ordnance, the pilots were told the range was not clear. After trying several times, they began to run low on fuel and realized they could not land in the bombs with the bombs they were carrying. They chose to save the aircraft, which meant they had to jettison the bombs. Each area dropped two 500-pound bombs, one BDU-45, one high-explosive GBU-12 for a total of four. The BDU-45s are inert, and the GBU-12s were unarmed when released, so none of the bombs exploded. They said I'd like to find one. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, there's a recovery opportunity. Oh, that'd be cool. Well, it's, it's not too bad. That You know, the G, GPU, that stands for Guided Bomb Unit 12. It's a laser designator type. Mm-hmm. It, it uses basically a, a Mark 82 500-pound uh, device, meaning the bomb, the, the explosive aspect, with the laser assembly attached to it to make it much more accurate. So it helps guide it in then. Right. So, I mean... We've got the lift capability to bring up all of those if they want. <laughs> yeah. Well, fun. in this article, and I've seen two or three since this one, but they said that uh, they were planning on recovering. And then I noticed a few days later, the U.S. had offered to recover if the Australians would allow them. So I don't know if there's been some wrangling going on. Well, Is I thought a- two of them said they were, in, some of them were inert, which is basically dummy bombs. Yeah. So they obviously are talking about the uh, the GUB-12s. Yeah. GBU. Actually, it should have been a B a GBB. That would have been even better. Great big bomb. And then it's more, you know, sounds better in the news. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't think of that when they named them, I guess. Well, not that one anyway. Uh, it said the uh, when this article was published, it said the U.S. Navy was already in early stages of planning a salvage operation to recover the bombs. The Marine Corps and the Navy are also investigating the incident along with Australian authorities. If it had been a mob, that would have been a lot more interesting, especially if it had gone off. Yeah. That chat room saying that, that BDU stands for Bomb Dummy Unit. I'm sorry again? The BDU, uh, according to the chat room, stands for Bomb Dummy Unit, which makes sense. Yeah. Could have been the mother of all bombs, the Moab. I love, see, I love those names. Yeah. We, we need diving gear named like that. <laughs> The, let's see, plenty of air, POA. Uh, I think, well, the Pentagon's largest conventional bomb is the uh, massive ordnance penetrator. That's 30,000 pounds. That is called the dictator, I'm going to smash your bunker bomb. <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass from here to hell and yeah. back. Yeah. And, and we don't care if it really works. We just want to scare the crap out of you. I just want to watch it go off. Yeah, you know, a BDU coming through the top of a tent would look pretty scary. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just picturing that you got these bomb guys, and they build the biggest bomb possible, and then they go, hey, if we duct tape these three together, it's even better. <laughs> just to start, yeah, I mean, more. Military duct tape. That's even stronger than NASCAR duct tape. Yeah, yeah. My son's got some camo duct tape, and, I mean, you can just blend in. Now, Mac, how about well, this? It, it's it's military. It's an Air Force unit, so we could get away with gray. Gray? Yeah. That would yeah. Be... Uh, you know, blends right into the bottom side of the yeah, airplane. You, you can't go and get that, you know, that uh, that dollar store duct tape. You got to get the good stuff. You know, stuff where it, it actually rolls off and it's not all stuck on the edges. Oh, okay. Yeah. So some good stuff. Now, Mac, how about this one for a uh, find in the water? And and I have to say, I'm still a little skeptical on this one. Scuba diver finds something terrifyingly awesome off the coast of Venice Beach, Florida. One diver found a shark's tooth that was abnormally large when taken home and compared to his other finds that dwarfs all other shark teeth because of its size, it's, it has to be a megalodon shark tooth. Yep, six inches. I mean, that is beautiful. I, I know they're that big. I mean, I don't. I know it's possible to have a tooth that big because we've seen pieces of them, but to have one that big all intact, it, it almost looks fake, doesn't it, Mac? I don't know. That looks pretty authentic to me. Six dollar bill. I mean, a dollar bill is what? Six inches long? Or? Six inches. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and that's got to be. To, when we dove the Cooper River, they were saying what size was worth biggie, big, biggie, big bucks. It was either six or seven inches. And I want to say yeah. it was like $10,000. Yeah, I've heard six inches is worth big money. Yeah, that, is, that is very impressive. And you think about it, if that's the only Megalodon teeth that he's found, you know, he's got three here. Yeah. Then 
that is an amazing find. I mean, I've got, you know, we go to the Cooper River and I've got, no, nah, I'm not in the hundreds yet, but I've got a ton. And this, this would be, I mean, I'd trade everything for this too. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> Let's see over here. I got, I was looking at the ones, one of the ones I got in my shelf over see, there. What I, what, what I have to do is I'd have to turn this into some bling. I'd get like a big gold chain yeah. and I'd have it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'd have to have like, my gangster like name. Chain or off the, uh, you know, you need chain links about six inches round. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could have it. I could have like the figure eight chain. It'd be like like anchor chain. Yeah, that's what you'd need anchor chain with that. Wow, that is just impressive find. So good for him. That's that's great. God, it just there's just something about it. I just was looking at that saying it. It just seems because it's believable. I mean, that somebody didn't go and goes too crazy. I still want to do Mac. Did you did you hear what we wanted to do uh, to Captain Tom? Hope it never gets back to him. Oh yeah, I'll say it on the air. It won't get back to him. Uh, <laughs> what was it, by the way? I didn't hear it. Uh, that that was we wanted to make like a two foot version. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> Bring yeah, that yeah. baby up. Oh yeah, I think we'd still do that. I'll have to figure that one out. Yeah, I'm not going to go this year. I the October trip filled up. So that's a, that, that'll teach you. If you don't sign up right when it goes on, you're going to miss out. We don't need to do that. All we got to do is take a Zodiac and go down and do it ourselves. That's true. I guess that's we could like, do a Zodiac. All we do is launch at that one dock, go find those darn barges and dive by the barges. I like that spot. <laughs> yes. I'm just going to stay away from those places that the mud goes up to my knees. And he says, oh, by the way, you take your fins off to beat off the alligators. I'm going to stay away from that spot again. Yeah. Well, that's, we'll be able to, we'd be able to find that spot because it's got my other fin. And it's the one that's got the power lines down on it. Yeah. We can, we can miss that spot. Yeah, we can miss that one. I haven't had any luck there. Uh, Rich likes it, but Rich, Rich does the Superman dive and he just zooms over the top. I, I didn't like that place at all because I had my river stick in the bottom. I'm just being drugged down the back, you know, it's like no viz. And I'm just holding on with two hands so I don't have anything free to go pick up the stuff. Yeah. I like the barge part. That was fine. The only thing we had to worry about there was a shrimp hitting us in the face. Remember? Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, I already did that one. And then uh, if somebody was, if you're following our Twitter feed this week, I posted on there that they had live video of uh, uh, ROV. Let's see here. Crap. I'm hitting the wrong keys. Nope. That's not it. Darn it. Big mistake. What's that? Oh my goodness! I killed my. Uh, What'd you do? Well, I got the t- the headline for the article, <coughs> but then I posted here. We're gonna find it. It's 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 not like we're live or anything, or people listen to this. Roger's listening to us. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. So let's. Uh, Roger's been very patient. He's been there the whole time. Yeah, it's. Okay. Oh, I know what I did. That's why. I'd... Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. Well, we'll come back to that one. Uh, underwater excavations of the St. Mary's River undercover evidence of a 17th century ve- vessel. I almost said vehicle. I guess a vessel's a vehicle. Did, did you skip the one off the Gulf Coast? Yeah, we're going to come back to that one. I have that one later. That's what happened is I started moving it, and then somebody probably talked to me as I was doing the show notes, so it didn't get all moved. So that one's in the photos because I had some some photos with it. So this one's underwater That's excavations. After two years of intermittent study and excavation at a site in the St. Mary's River, the remains of ships were indicated um, they said it was the North Devon Sagrado, where a place that was dated between 1650 and 1700. They said they immediately realized that the object they were seeing was a 17th century ship. Tucker lives in Germany, is a doctoral student. He's originally from Hagerstown and was an undergraduate student at St. Mary's College in Maryland, where he, he majored in anthropology and sociology, graduating in 2008. He was looking for a project to do as a graduate student. In 1994, a sonar survey indicated that an approximately 50-foot-long oval-shaped collection of ballast was suggested to ship. This is where St. Mary's River, not far from the 17th century town center. He took to the project's conducting surveys and minimal excavations of the site. Evidence suggests the vessel they found was not shipwrecked and therefore not a great source of items that would have been found on a loaded ship. There's a chance, however, the discovered vessel was owned by William Smith, who died in St. Mary's City in 1668. And Smith's probate inventory, two old sloops were mentioned, one of which described as just the hull of the ship that was anchored at shore. A colonial era shoreline is roughly where the excavation site is located. I wonder if the ceramic jug they brought up was intact. I don't know. 
I mean, they get carried away with shards. So I was just curious. Yeah, I've seen that where they've got like a shard that's not bigger than a nickel and they've got, it looks entirely black because they've used all the marker on it to put a serial number on it. Uh, yeah, so there, there's some more stuff going on in there, but that's cool. So this isn't a recent find. This is just they're 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 kind of refinding it or or getting some more artifacts for it. Mm-hmm. Now how's this for a collection of arm artifacts? You know, I would be happy with just one submarine or maybe two. Ten would be a lot, but what's more than twenty submarines? Forty-four. Forty-four. <laughs> It is a, it did, when I saw that, it was like, okay, is it this April 1st? I just thought I was being punked or something. Because it's like, you're, you know people have been looking for these all along, and then all of a sudden they find 40? Yeah, not. So this is just probably repackaging old discoveries and making the news. Is that what they're doing? I don't know. I mean, they, they, in one part, they're talking about all of the sunken U-boats are relatively close to the coast at depths of no more than 15 meters, 50 feet. Now, if you suck my submarine in 50 foot of water, shoot me out of the torpedo tube. Yeah. 50 meters or 50 feet? It said 50 feet, 15 meters. Yeah. Oh, 15 so, meters. Okay. I'm really curious about that. Well, and that's the type of thing where everybody who fishes there, I mean, because we're, we're also in an area where there's tides. So you have, that. Ha- if it's 15 feet, is that 15 feet high tide or low tide? 15 meters. Uh, I'm sorry, meters. Yeah. They said the divers will undoubtedly find the remains of sailors in the German Imperial Navy. I just can't believe that this is just now being found. And then there are 40 of them where they, uh, there's, I don't know. It doesn't give how big an area they're talking about. And again, you just don't suddenly find 44 boats. I mean, we have a heck of a time finding one. But, (laughs) you you know, if. And we know it's there. Yeah. Well, if I had to scream conspiracy theory or something. Uh, I would say that there's an agency that had all these numbers and they're about to get their funding cut and they decided that if they get enough people excited about it, then maybe they'll get some dollars to go out and survey it or study it. Or yeah. Yeah, I'd is like it, to see the location, the area type. Is it really 50 feet? And are they abandoned or are they scuttled or were they really sunk in combat? Well, and I've, I've looked because this is all over the internet. There's, a dozen different articles and, and each one has a little bit different take on it. One was talking about that. There was a point in the war and they were saying this is world war one where the submarines were hunting in groups and they would come up and the uh, British Navy or the British merchant Marine was being escorted. So in the early days, uh, ships were sitting duck, but when the submarines came up and you're using their deck guns, they're getting fired upon by other military vessels. So that, they said, that's why there was a lot, in relatively small spaces, plus the the way the convoys were going. So, uh, well, I know they used to go in the wolf packs, but that just seems awful odd. Yeah, they said 187, or almost half of the 380 U-boats used by the German Navy in World War One were lost. Well, you figure the UC-97 is the one we have. That was a mine layer. That was at the end of the war. Wasn't used in the combat. Yeah, still cool though. I, lo- I love the photo that they had where they had the, uh, uh, there's a, a U-boat sitting on the beach in France. That's a heck of a big boat. Yeah. And they said what happened with that one, it was being towed, and then it got loose and blew into the shore, and then low tide, it just came up out of the water. Yeah, they said this one, which is the SMU-118, a mylayer, uh, was in the Hastings, Sussex, okay, after running aground while being towed to France to be broken up for scrap. And that was in April of 1919. Mm. You know, you look at that, that almost looks like uh, one of the whalebacks in the Great Lakes, doesn't it? Yeah. Maybe that's it what we said, called today. Uh, half of the 380 U-boats by the German Navy were lost in World War One. Hey, Mac, maybe that wasn't a whaleback we saw today. Maybe it was a sub. I think that's what I said there, you know. <laughs> mm. Find a UFO, maybe we can find that. That'd be good. Yeah, there's not a lot of real good uh, information on those sub locations. It's just revamping and what everybody else said. Yeah, there's quite a few articles. So some, somebody's got something going on. Yeah. I'm all for and diving on it, though. I'll volunteer. And then here we've got... Uh, yeah, 50. If finding submarines not for you, how about 48 gold coins? Uh, I, could, I could bring those up better, too. Yeah, it was a uh, dive boat recovered 48 gold coins, and they're believed to be in a wreck that was lost in 1715. This was off Wabeso Beach, Florida. That was just over. Yeah, 
just about a week ago. You know, I'm all I got to say is if you find that, it, what, what, put it. Uh, say, if you find it, put it in your pocket and don't tell anybody because somebody yeah. will well, want Beso, it. Well, Beso Beach is halfway between Daytona and West Palm. I mean, that's halfway up the east coast of Florida. That's not down in the Keys or Miami area where you'd think they would find this kind of stuff. Yeah, he said his, him and his crew found the gold approximately 200 feet off the coastline. He said normally an expedition ends with the discovery of beer cans and fishing weights. Well, I figure the state of Florida is going to get their cut. Federal government's going to get their cut. Museum's going to get their cut. It'll belong to the state. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be. Brought them up without yeah. a permit. Yeah, 200,000. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna get them for bringing it up. But, I mean, if... Wait till Spain lays their claim to it. Yeah, those are Spanish. <laughs> They're Spanish coins. Yeah, every vessel that's ever sunk is a military vessel, so we claim it. Well, the Incas ought to get it back. How it came from them. Oh, well. I'm, I'm kind of going for the finder's keepers thing. I yeah. sort of like that idea myself. Uh, uh, don't even get me going. There was a, and it is a topic for another another episode, but there's some of these treaties that are going on right now uh, that deal with world heritage. And they're saying that anything that is over 100 years is automatically off limits. So, yeah. Well, that does it for Scuba News. I figured being on the gold was a would be an upbeat, but now I just feel depressed. <laughs> well, what about well, the boat? You know, good for those guys who found it. We still got uh, one more boat to talk about. Oh, we're going to get there. We're getting there. So he, oh, I thought you that, said we're done. Well, that, that was the news. Now, now we're on to the photos. No, you got well-preserved shipwreck explored on the Gulf Coast. Yeah, yeah, photos of the week. Photos. Oh no, I thought you were talking about the whole thing. Well, the, well, the whole thing, but I mean, it's 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 photos. There's photos in there. One, photo number one is beautiful. Yeah, because it's a copper-clad wood boat. So otherwise, in the in the Gulf of Mexico, this would be completely gone. At four thousand three hundred and sixty-three feet, that's not a perfectly preserved boat. That's a piece of junk. <laughs> Compared to what we see in the Great Lakes, Mac, yes, yeah. you're right. But for, you know, anything that old in the ocean. Yeah. Well, see, see, they got warm water, so you can't have it all. You know, so we have to give them a curve. You know, if that was a, a Great Lake shipwreck, you know, that we'd poo on that one. But in, I, in, if, if it were usable, I'd understand a little bit. But 4,000 feet down, who gives a rip? <laughs> Well, did Seriously? you see? The, well, Only if it's got silver bars on it. Well, I, I love the, the the photos they did, and this was good, which is why I moved to the photo section. So the second photo has the anchor, and doesn't that look a little familiar? Okay, I, I'm not looking at the same pictures you are, but does that also have the plates and the bottles? Yes. Yes. Okay, I'm looking at that from a different area then. Yep. Yeah, the plates and bottles are in, in photo four, and then uh, photo five they have underwater river of brine. So that just happens to be in the area where they're at. They have the, the brine that uh, is being pushed out of the, the ocean floor. That may have been what helped preserve this thing was the fresh water that's bubbling up around it. It could be. Yeah, The uh, if you look at the, because they had a lot of sea anemones on it. Uh, let's see what's another. They, yeah, so those are about the only interesting photos. Uh, well, darn, I don't happen to see any of those photos. Here, let me, let, me, let, me, let me paste it to you. Some of, the, some of these websites, they make it a little tough. to. Is that the MSN.com one? Uh, let me figure out if I can go to chat here. Yeah, MSN.com. MSN.com. Yeah. The only picture I got is the hall. Yeah, well, if you, mouse, you put your mouse the over the hall, and when you put your mouse over it, then the little arrow turns to the right. Not mine. Hang on, I'm going to click on something else here. Click on the photo itself, Mac. Say what? Click on the photo itself. Click on the photo itself. Yeah, I just did. Okay. And that probably went to a uh, slide, slideshow. No. Nope. Yeah, I think we I think we need to get Mac in the oh. computer. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> I, I think I think your browser <laughs> might be just uh, to the point to where it's not going to show you. It says no way. You missing all good stuff. Well, maybe I can. Let me see if there's a way of linking to the photo. Okay, I'll go to the picture I was looking at. I love the plates. That bottle really really neat. And there's a video. Oh, that's got the robotics with the crane or with the manipulator arms. That's what I'm yeah. looking at. Yeah. Well, the thing on it is, I watched. Yeah. If if somebody had been following us on Twitter, I tweeted out they on I think it was Monday they had live video of them actually discovering this, and I watched that for about three or four hours, and wow. they were. No, I just sent you the link of where I was at. Yeah. Sounds like you're seeing the same pictures we had, Nick. 
Yeah. You know, it almost is the same size as ours. Yeah. 26 by 84. Yeah. But the, I was watching them. They were bringing up guns. When I was watching them, they had guns and spoons. and the, Oh, the muskets. The muskets, yeah. The uh, Some of the experts were on there were, as they were pulling it up out of the ground, they're going, oh, that's uh, whatever it was, Blunderbust 2000. Yeah, but we, we talked about that one last year, but that's still cool. I like that. It's not, not a little bit out of diving range, but. Yeah, a little, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and if it hadn't been in brass, I doubt there'd be anything, or copper, there wouldn't be anything left. Now, for the final entry, you have to take a look at this video. This is, I guess you got to say that it is good. It was, uh, you know, just doing a little swim. You're out there heading back to the dive boat, and you notice some bubbles start to come up around you. And this is what could happen. <laughs> it's a quick video, just about, just a little over a minute. First time I saw it, they edited it, so you didn't see the background picture where they were actually already filming the whales. They were just watching. If you'd have been on a tagline behind your boat and those guys surfaced like that, you'd have had to clean those dry suits out really, really good. Yeah, they, they, they knew they were there. Yes. But if you didn't... <laughs> Oh, no, if you didn't like that last one, yeah, that would freak you freaking out. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and what do you think? That dry suit of yours out really good. And, and what do you think that the uh, the whales would do? Because they they're just going for, like, fish and krill. I mean, would they have to spit the tank out? Would we give yeah. them indigestion? Might break a tooth. Yeah, I mean, all that neoprene or bilam. So if you haven't had a chance to watch that video, head on over to the divevideos.scubaobsessed website. Uh, it's on the home page, or you can search for whales, and you will see that video. Never been that close to a big fish like that. No. <laughs> Nor do I want to be. Yeah, no, I, it, it doesn't necessarily need to be. Also, I, I did add another video uh, defending the Vandenberg, which we had talked about before, but I, I posted that one up. And, and again, the reason I did the that video site anyway is, is when we come across great cool videos like this. I want to be able to find him again. Well, that does it for Scuba the News, Photos of the Week, Videos of the Week. Now on to the good stuff, diving. Now, I got wet. How about you guys? Uh, there's a tank sitting in my garage with a regulator on it. Somebody I knew was going to pick it up, but they never did. <laughs> I was, I was going to come home Friday <laughs> and pick that up. And then I got to the uh, gas station of Broda, and I, and I had to run someplace. I had to be someplace at six. So I couldn't come back for it and then saturday i don't know what happened and then i got to thinking towards the end of saturday i'm like crap i didn't pick it up and then it was too late to call you so then i messaged you and an odd chance that maybe you'd see it just to make sure that you'd be around but now it was, it, we, it was in the garage waiting for you already set up ready to pick up oh uh, yeah i i appreciate it thank you but uh <laughs> yeah i didn't i didn't I, I could just see uh uh matt coming out with some device that's capable of projectiles at you know, 7.30 in the morning when I'm rolling up your garage door. Well, that's possible, too, but hey. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's like a little game of chicken. <laughs> you think you're faster? <laughs> <laughs> How bad do you want that tank? Oh, it would have been worth it because that, uh, well, I, I didn't need it. We had plenty of people with uh, bailouts, but it's just good practice to get into. So what we did is uh, Kirk, uh, Jim Kleeman, Bob Sweeney, and then we had Dan and his girlfriend, Dan from uh, Lansing, and we went out on the Ironsides. So that's up in Grand Haven, went out of Grand Haven, and that is a long boat ride, but it was beautiful. Uh, waves started at uh, a foot and less, maybe a foot and a half, and a, you know, a couple big swells every once in a while. But then it laid down, and it was less than six inches. Um, visibility was kind of similar to what we had in the Ann Arbor 5 uh, a few weeks before. Where you, as you got down closer to the wreck, there was a, I don't know if it didn't really feel like a thermocline, but there's this like an underwater current and the visibility was crap. And then when you, you got through that closer to the wreck, visibility opened up. And I would say we had 40 feet, 35, 40 feet, which is pretty normal. I mean, I've, I've had lower vis and better vis on the, the iron side. So this is about average. Uh, on the first dive, oh, <laughs> you, you know my wetsuit? Yeah. You know, and I've got that ventilation. Yeah. Yes. I, I now have a twin. I uh, heard that uh, <laughs> Jim converted his dry suit into a wetsuit. Yeah. He, he 
uh, well, see, because I can never quite figure out how it happened. I thought it might be one of the snaps. He's got, like, you've got covers and they have the little snaps on it. And I'm thinking, how did I snag that, that wetsuit? And, and I did it when we dove, it was about a year ago, almost exactly a year ago. Maybe it's a curse. Uh, but Jim got in his dry suit and I'm trying to think, no, I hadn't gotten in the water yet. I was just, I was just gearing up. I was almost ready to go in. So, and we had four people on Jim's boat, which is about maximum. Four is is pretty crowded. Three divers and one non-diver or one not yet a diver. And uh, he rolled over the side. And as he rolled over, it was a snap like somebody snapping a slingshot. So when he got up, I said, you know, he signaled that he was doing okay, the okay sign. And I said, uh, do you have a hole in your dry suit? And he went, what? Wait. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And where I've got a hole in my left thigh, he now has a matching corresponding hole in his right thigh. And it's a cleat. He's got cleats on the outside of the boat. And it must just be if you slide over and you don't get away from the boat, it snags. Mm. So he flooded. Uh, I I went down. And he, he wasn't going to go down. But since he was in the water, he says, I'm, I'm going to go down and just see how far I can go. So he Jim went all the way down to the bottom. He saw the wreck and then started to come back up. And he did say he had to put a little bit of extra air into his wing <laughs> to get back to the surface. He didn't have to ditch any weight, but. Uh, from his thigh to his foot was flooded. Um, and then, uh, Dan didn't make it all the way down on the first dive. He had something going on with his equipment because he and I were going down together and yeah, about 50 feet, I looked over him and he signaled, okay. And we continued on down and then I got to the bottom and I turned around and he was gone. So, um, but the, the, the first dive was a good dive. Just did the traditional check, get used to the depth, um, and, and the, the iron side is, it's a good vessel. It's, it's getting, it's breaking down a little bit more every time. This is the first time we've come across, uh, the way the anchor line laid, uh, we went over the stern and you could see whatever mooring buoy was, was jammed under, underneath. I, I couldn't see the prop, but, uh, that's where it was at. And then we drifted up over the boilers, the, the double boilers and the arches are falling down a little bit more. So if you haven't gotten on these wrecks, you need to. They're, they're not getting any better. And the uh, visibility is the only thing that's gotten better. 30 years ago, if you had five foot, you had good vis. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, the, the visibility. How, how is brightness? It's got to be a lot brighter, too, now. Yes. Yeah, because I, I remember seeing some old film and video of some of these wrecks, and it just looked like you were diving on the moon. Uh, so the, the, the first dive went, went real well, went up, and then Dan was able to get down in the second dive, and he, he, he loved it. This is It was a new experience for him, the first time he had been on the Ironsides. Uh, see Dan Kirk. Oh, Richard from the dive shop was also there. So Richard came out and got some dives in and beautiful weather. You just can't get better, better weather. Yeah, I think, yeah, the plan was three boats and seven divers and instead it turned out to two boats and six divers. Yeah, that worked out. Yeah. And we could do more. I mean, in a pinch, we could do two boats and eight divers, but you really start tripping over gear at that point. That's why I passed on going. I figured I'd rather let Dan and his girlfriend get out and get wet and I've seen it. He hasn't, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, how's your tire doing? Had to replace it. Had a uh, bubble on the side of the tire, so I had to replace the tire. Yeah. Well, it's better to get that taken care of than to discover it, uh, how far it's going to go when you're on the road. Yeah, especially when you're dragging the boat all the way up to Grand Haven. Yeah. But, yeah, we did uh, two dives on that. Uh, the black flies came out and were biting us, so I, that's another time where I think being a wetsuit diver, just keep the wetsuit on between the dives and... The flies can't bite through it yet. Well, we've established on Jim's boat is called a no-fly zone. That's right. And we have the appropriate uh, accoutrements to enforce that no-fly zone. <laughs> and it worked out really well today. Excellent. Mac was on target today. Excellent. So he's got the skills then. We got I fly the carcasses all over the boat. We had the tools today. Made the difference. Yep. Nice. We've got warning flags to put up for them, and if they don't heed the warnings, they suffer the consequences. Yeah. Well, I, a couple I, of times they'd send drones in to see if you know <laughs> we got the drones to go through. Yeah. And the rest of them came through, and we annihilated them. <laughs> you see, kind of like the mosquitoes did not return, and the flies came in anyway. It was a regrettable move. Anything with wings was toast. That's all I can That's say. That's right. That's true. Now, do you have a scoring system for the uh We were form? seriously thinking about that, of how we could put little things on the boat. But by the time we finished, we it'd be 
the whole boat would be covered. With <laughs> it'd be, it'd, it'd look well, like a bunch yeah, of raisins. Say, you know, if he carved a notch out of my boat for every one that he got, like gunfighters just doing their, their gun belts. Yeah. You know, there'd be more. My, my boat would, wouldn't have anything left. It would be all chipped up. <laughs> it'd just be like dimpled Go like a golf ball. Worse. Worse. Well, maybe it's a notch per hundred or so. That that might work. That might work. But we have plenty of opportunity. I mean, we were looking at the Mac and I spent seven and a half hours on the water today. Now, is this pure mowing the lawn? Mowing the lawn and double checking targets. Awesome. So we can tell you a lot of the targets that we went back and double checked are no longer targets. Uh, you know, we we couldn't repeat things we'd seen before, so we took them off the list. Yeah. Did some mowing the lawn and picked up some new targets that will go back different day and see if we can val- verify. And we found some really neat geologic formations that uh, we're going to have to dive and investigate further. So we're convinced they're geologic and not objects? At this point, yes. We believe them to be geologics. When you're cruising along at 30 feet and all of a sudden you hit a trench that's 40 feet deep. Ooh. And then it's back up to 30 feet. Uh, I believe that to be a geologic. Or an alien uh, launch pad. Well, that could be too. Huh. So we hit some really neat spots. We, you know, threw out some buoys and picked up some buoys and marked some rocks. And Awesome. Uh, need, to, need to get out and check some of these out because we may have some new, new dive spots of interest that may not be shipwrecks. Oh, that'd be good. Geological formations. Hmm. Yeah, they'd be interesting to see what they are. are. They, you know, are they clay bottom, are they rock, or who knows? Looks like looks like a mix. Some of it we think is clay, and other we found were look like rock piles or rock. You know, I won't say piles, but rock uh, outcroppings or areas. So we'll get out and check them out. Very but, nice. Uh, we've gotten much better at being able to read and interpret the side scans. Awesome. Yeah, we so need to do it. We, we did. We did get out to Max Rec last weekend. I think you guys went out on Sunday. Mac and I got out on Max Rec on Saturday and got to explore a little more. And I think we counted six six dead eyes on the wreck right now. So and we found it. stuff off the side of the wreck now. Yeah, Mac found another piece off to the side. Oh, awesome. Yeah, about 20 meters off the uh, port side where that one big dead eye is. Go 90 degrees out from that and found some more timbers. Okay. See, I, I was that where I had that marker out there? You may have at one time, and then they were supposed to be some pieces behind the stern. Yeah, it was we, about it was about even where the last dead eye was towards the stern, about ninety degrees out. And I put a marker on it, and I went back later, and the, and I, I left the marker there. But it looked like it might be like a tree piece or something. I mean, it it wasn't it wasn't really solid. But you know, I didn't. I just it was it was one of those things I found towards the end of a dive so I didn't have enough air or bottom time to poke well, around at it. We'll have to go out with some uh, uh, exposure enhancing items to help expose the item you're describing. Yeah. Okay. Well, that'd be in- that's, that's that's interesting. That's good. Oh, we had 80 foot visibility. Oh, nice. I love Coming it when down the line you can see all the way at all the way to the back. Yeah, yeah. I love it when we got that. That's those are those perfect days. And what's weird is you can go back, uh, well, like what do we have on Wednesday this week? Two. Yeah. So, uh, well, we were, we, we were noticing I, the, the surface was, it was hard to see the bottom of the prop, uh, today on the boat. That's, you know, three feet down off the back of the boat. So the water temps have changed. Uh, I won't say it's turned over, but it sure has mixed up. And surface temps dropped about 15 degrees, and bottom temps came up a little bit, and the variance between the two shrunk quite a bit. So it was like 44 degrees at 50 feet. Wow. Yeah. So that's yeah. it's just the all the action is and just like 60. Yeah. So so we didn't get a flip, but we yeah, just got some like, churning. We got a lot of churning. Yeah. So I got a feeling it's probably going to be limited visibility for another three or four days, and. We'll have to hopefully give it a chance to settle out and stratify again. Now I'm pulling up the buoy now, see what it's going to show us. Oh, it's nice having that buoy back. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like we, went out this morning. yeah we went out this morning, and the buoy was saying, you know, uh, <laughs> rain, or uh, yeah, waves were less than a foot with like a four-second interval. 
So you knew all you had was nice gentle rollers. And we got out there, and sure enough, that's what we had. And later on in the day, it just got slick like oil on the water. Flattened oh. out, no wind. Yeah, I can see. What was it, Mac? You were seeing uh, seagull, seagull feathers on the seagull water. Seagull feathers. I mean, yeah. far out, you're thinking of the gull buoys. Yes. You get there, and there's a feather. It's like you can see that good out there today. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm, look, right. I'm, I'm looking at the buoy data, and you can see back on the 21st, it was 81 degrees at three feet. And as of two days ago, it had dropped down to 56 degrees at two feet. And it looked like it came up quite a bit today. So it's, like you said, it's starting to stratify about 62, 63 at that same three-foot mark. Well, yeah, we were out there. Needs. We could see stratification in the water column a couple of places, the thermocline. Yeah. It looked like an S-curve out there yeah. in different yeah. places. Yeah. Just well, seeing that, watching the thermoclines move back and forth and couple places we had two thermoclines, other places there wasn't anything. So yeah, well, like what it's the lake's getting ready to try and flip. You can see, was it the 23rd? What day was the 23rd? Two days ago. 23rd. That was the day of the storm. Tuesday. Okay, yeah, because on the storm you can see the bottom, that bottom uh, reading, which is at uh, 49 feet, that got up to 71 degrees. Yeah. So that it was it was really whipping out there. I mean, there was nine foot waves out there on Tuesday. Yeah. I, I saw on Facebook that somebody, I think this, uh, had posted a photo. I think you, you that was the one you commented on. Yeah. Yeah. That I commented was, on the photo. Yeah. Just breaking up over the top of the lighthouse. Yeah. Waves were washing over the North pier. I think there were nine footers out on the buoy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so want to be some days there. you get, some days you get days like today and other days you get days that you work on the boat or head inland. Yeah. It says right now, significant wave height is 0.2 feet. Yep, it's flat out there. Ah, uh, that'd be a great night dive. We've, we've got to do max wreck in a night dive. The only, the only problem we talked about is that that is a long haul for a night yeah. dive. Very cool. Okay. Well, I, th- I think that was a, a good amount of diving. We're getting our deep dives in and our research going, so. And the river's opened up. Oh, that's right. You had, uh, now that you're, I only gave you eight points, but that's, uh, that's all that, that's all that you showed, isn't it? Well, I, I dove Monday and Tuesday out there in the river there. I haven't posted the other bottles. I don't want to yet. make us feel sad yet. For... I'm only doing sample collections now because I don't want to bring too much up anymore. <laughs> I did keep a couple, though. I, I, I can't leave an embossed milk bottle sitting on the bottom for you guys. No. That's all there is to it. No, I We agree. understand. Yeah, it's not that we won't hate you for it, but we understand. Well, the bottom has shifted. Uh the first dive on Monday out there at Biz was okay, maybe three feet if you got lucky, but you had to be careful because they, you we, you know how we learned what the terrain was last year. Yeah. You know you knew where the the, the tree limbs were and you knew where this was and that. Well, it's sort of changed now, and all oh. the bicycles have been moved downstream. The shopping cart has moved. So when you go in, if you don't have much Biz, make sure you go feet first, <laughs> so you don't get yourself tangled up. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I, 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 I think on a, on the Scoob Obsessed website, that's how far behind we are. It's show notes. I think our uh, the article we're showing is the one where you've got the photo of that same spot all flooded. Yeah. Well, the truck body, believe it or not, is still empty because we <laughs> emptied that last year. Remember? Yeah. I thought it would be full. It is not. No, it probably just depends on which way the. Everything goes. Now, how much bank is gone? Did we lose a lot of bank there in the, the, the downstream you lost side? A little more. You lost a little more there. Okay. That's good because that's where I was having my best bottles. Is I was There were some times where my tank had to have been out of the water when I was grubbing, and I was finding good bottles there. So. Yes. I haven't been upstream yet, but I'm going to do that. Kids are out there snorkeling and finding the bottles on the left-hand side, which is good. They were having a lot of fun. That's good. Future divers. Yeah. Yeah, we probably gave them the hint when they, they everybody saw us hitting that boat ramp. Well, you don't need a wetsuit. I mean, it was warm enough that you could do it without, but I wore my junky one because I don't like getting my knees cut up with the tin cans and stuff. Yeah. And grubby gloves is all you needed. And the fish out there, uh, they're getting used to me again. And I took my uh, river stick, my new one, the yellow one. I don't know if you've seen that one. And I use that to measure the fish because everything looks bigger down there anyway. Yeah. And they were a good foot, foot and a half. I'd be mucking up the bottom, knock a crayfish out, and they'd be in it like <laughs> piranha. Yeah. The crayfish, like, what are you doing? 
So I hopefully I'm going to get back out to Pawpaw this week, maybe this week, next week for sure. Okay. Well, I, I'm I'm anxious for some river diving actually. Yeah. What what? And we need to we need to do some video tests too for a project I'm working on. Yeah. See how that goes. Well, it's competition though. You got Summerfest in Chicago jumping this weekend for a week, and then you got Oshkosh starts this weekend. Yeah, this weekend I don't think it's going to be. Uh, I've got uh, friends from out of town. We've been trying to get in for four or five months, and they're coming in Saturday. Yeah. So I don't think I'm going to get a shot at it this weekend. But you never know. <laughs> well, I mean, August is already filled up and everything. Oh, August is terrible for me. I've got, uh, in fact, next next weekend, if not this weekend, but the following weekend, I need to dive because if I don't do it then. I'm I'm pretty much shot. Now, uh, we've got the Mud Club picnic. Picnic, the 24th, the Saturday. 24th. August. Now, that that I think I'm I'm actually clear for this year, because I think well, fair ends on the 17th. Yeah. Well, we went to, you know, Grandpa Carl, right? Yeah. What's we that? We visited him the other day. Oh, yeah. Carl, how's he? He was doing good? He's doing fairly well. Uh, so we invited him to the picnic, so hopefully he'll be there. He'd be, he showed a tractor at one of the fairs lately, and obviously he's got some tractors he'd be showing at the Berrien. Oh, yeah, he's he's got his uh, two cylinders, John Deere's. Yep, but I'm looking forward to that. Just hopefully we'll have a nice day out there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, diving, hopefully the river will be nice if we don't have a lot more rain. Yeah. And we get a, a maybe a drift dive in because the middle of that is gravel. Yeah. So yeah. we can get up the launch and drift all the way down to where we're doing the picnic. Yeah. Well, if, if everybody, anybody who's got video cameras, they can bring them. I need to get some test footage for a project. So the more video I can get of river diving all at the same location with multiple divers, the better. Cause then I want, I want to do some edits for a project. So, okay. Let's see. I think that's about it. Is it that time? I think, I think it is. I think we're getting to that time. If everybody can make sure that they keep an eye on our Twitter feeds at scuba obsessed. Also Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash scuba obsessed. We always have comments on there. Getting trying to figure out Google Plus. Not real sure. I know it's potentially good. I just haven't really figured out. I I don't enjoy being on it. I guess is the thing. Uh, it's a good service. I just too much. So playing around with techniques to get all that stuff going. Uh, also, if you can drop us a line and let us know how you're subscribing, we have very limited metrics on how people are listening to the show. So if you're listening to the show. You know, drop us a line uh, at the show or uh, the show at scubaobsessed.com and say, hey, I'm, you know, love the show listening on and let us know if it's iTunes, if you get it on Stitcher, if you're doing Google Play, one of those, we'd certainly appreciate it. Also, if you haven't put your name on the fan map, go ahead and do that. Go to scubaobsessed.com about uh, fans and then you put your pin on there, see all the other divers, where they're coming from. Hey, Darren. Yep. I listen to the show on Skype. On Skype, <laughs> yeah. Well, that that counts. I guess I guess we can listen. Uh, we we can count that live. We yeah, you, you hear it live. All the warts and all. And uh, I'm gonna get this computer upgraded. If you if you weren't here before the pre-show, I was fighting. I'm trying to get upgraded to upgrade, and then I'll be upgrading again. I got a bunch of hardware upgrades coming up in the next month and a half. I'm um, I'm updating all my my gear, and it's just taking a little bit of time. And it's amazing how many different pieces of equipment that I I get working and they just don't seem to like the upgrades. So I may have to do something else. This microphone, which is a, it's a new microphone. It's only about a year old, but it's already having a hard time finding drivers for it. It's a little bit specialized, but uh, yeah, if you, you know, leave us some five-star reviews on iTunes, uh, talk shoe, tell your friends about it, get your friends to listen to the show. Also, if there's anything you'd like to see here, talk about, we're also looking for guests. So if you've got anybody who you think would be interesting to be on, also looking for some, regular people to come on maybe do a segment or so and it won't be long if you're not getting out there diving i don't know what you're waiting for this is beautiful weather just doesn't get much better than this and i think i've i've stalled about as long as i can we're waiting okay well here you go three scuba guys yeah here here maybe i should have another drink three scuba divers go to tijuana they had so much fun they're put in jail and the justice being what it is they were sentenced to death by electrocution First diver sits in the chair. Any last words? He says, yes, I'm from the Great Lakes. And I'm ready to meet my God. But nothing happens when the switch is thrown and the diver is released because it would be cruel and unusual to attempt a second execution. 
The next guy gets in the chair and announced that he's from the uh, northwest part of the country and that he's had a great time diving and he has nothing to fear and then nothing happens and he is released. The third diver has been watching very closely when he gets into the chair. He says, hey, I'm from the southeast part of the country. I'm a warm water diver and I'm also electrical engineer. And you know, if you just connect those two wires... See, see, there's the, the wires, and they, they connect, so. <laughs> Did I say it was, they were warm water divers? Okay. Yeah. So. Like from Ohio. Well, it, it could be. I mean, if it was warm water, they could be from Ohio. So until next week, go out there and get wet. And stay safe. And no electricians were harmed in the making up tonight's show. Recording has been completed.